Chuck Martin threw aside the EMT who stood in his way as he boarded the ambulance to join Helen. He sat at her side holding her hand while the ambulance raced through the streets, siren wailing. Upon reaching Briar Hospital, Chuck couldn't believe the incongruity between the frantic race to the emergency room with sirens blaring and the slow-motion level of activity when they arrived. They moved Helen into the examining area. Dr. Polk's on his way in, said the ER nurse, as she recorded Helen's vital signs and drew blood. Chuck struggled to maintain control. He was frozen in place at the bedside, holding her hand. His eyes were shifting between Helen and the wall clock's sweeping second hand. He felt relieved when Dr. Polk arrived and began the examination and admission process. Polk's anxious appearance surprised Chuck. In sharp contrast to his normal confident manner, Polk's eyes moved continuously as he spoke in short staccato bursts. "'Are you okay, Dr. Polk?' "'What kind of question is that?' Polk said. "'I have a life, too!' Chuck stared at Polk. "'What did you say?' "'I'm sorry. Didn't sleep well last night.' Polk stared into space. Chuck waited for a full thirty seconds until Polk suddenly brought his eyes back into focus. I'm fine. I just had to rush to get in here. If his appearance wasn't enough, Polk's concession further alarmed Chuck. Don't know yet what's going on, but I'm getting a full workup, and we'll see what's what. They moved Helen immediately to the fifth-floor medical unit, her home ward. Chuck never left Helen's side. He intermittently nodded off through the endless night. Dr. Polk arrived by 8 a.m., and with a somber look. Helen's liver disease has progressed further than any of us expected. What we are seeing now are early signs of liver failure. Liver failure? What are you talking about? Chuck said as he stood, taking one step back and then approaching Polk, aggressively towering over the smaller man. Polk stared back, his face frozen statue-like and expressionless. When he got no response from the impassive Polk, Chuck continued in a more subdued manner. I'm upset, Doc. I need to know what that means and what we can do about it. I've put her on medicine and ordered a special diet which should help. What about a liver specialist? Chuck asked. There is such a thing, isn't there? Polk thought for a while, then replied, Sure, we have gastroenterologists on staff, but it's a waste of time and money. They won't add a damn thing to Helen's case. Chuck, still in shock by the words liver failure, blurted out, Let's get one anyway. Polk scowled, then replied, Of course. Without another word, Polk turned abruptly, hurriedly leaving the room and shaking his head as if in disgust. I don't know why I bother, he said to himself. Steaming after the third unreturned phone call to Polk, Chuck thought, What's wrong with this man? Finally, at eight that night, the phone rang. This is Dr. Polk. What is it now? Dr. Polk, sir, is there some part of what I've been telling you you don't understand? Helen's not doing well. She's sleeping all the time. She's weak. She won't eat, and her stomach's killing her. It's time to do something, don't you think? How many times do I have to tell you two the same thing, Polk said. I'm doing everything possible for Helen. Nature will just have to take its course. What a load of shit. Who do you think you're talking to? Polk said. I'm tired of your incessant calls. If you don't like it, find another doctor who can do better and is willing to put up with your crap.
Chuck heard a click as the phone went dead. Later that night, Helen suddenly screamed and abruptly vomited several cupsful of bright red blood. She writhed and screamed in pain. When the ambulance arrived, they took her directly to Briar Emergency.